This is Michelle, your Chief Hope Builder. If you're here, it's because you have a loved one in addiction and you want to find hope. Well, you're in the right place. We will help you go from havoc to hope. Follow along with us for 30 days in the book, Unhackable Moms of Addicted Loved Ones. This is a series. Each episode will include an interview with one of the moms who helped write the book. You'll hear parts of their stories and how they found peace and calm in their lives. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. The link to buy the book and to join our tribe are in the show notes. Let's get started. Thanks for joining. Welcome to day four. Today we're talking about seize your saboteur. The enemy doesn't stand a chance when the victim decides to survive. Ray Smith. Yay, today I have Lucretia, Renee, Tally with me, and we are wearing our unhackable t-shirts. If, if you um, are on YouTube, you can see this, but if you're listening to the podcast, we are wearing white t-shirts with bold orange letters that say unhackable. Welcome, Lucretia. Hi, thank you, Michelle. So, wow, this is a, this is a pretty heavy day um, to really look introspectively at our lives and say, you know, um, I need to change. And in this day, I take out, I take moms through the stages of change and, um, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty detailed. Um, but I also talk about a hack attack. So I'll ask you, you know, when, um, and what was going on when you felt like you were having a hack attack when, when something was hacking you from achieving who God created you to be, your own person. What year? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what year? What, uh, what subject are we, uh, if it's um, involving uh, my son Joshua in his um, addiction and for how long it was, I think there was a series of attacks. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's um, that's really good. Like we have different attacks based on what season of of their addiction they're in, too. Right, because it does seem to have a um, a motion to it. You know, it's in a it's an alive addiction, and um, there's different stages of it. But recognizing and realizing what stage they are in and what stage I'm in, or if I'm stuck, um, sheds a lot of light on that and your actions and reactions or responding, you know, what do you do? Um, so I felt like me personally that I was being attacked all the time, maybe because of my misunderstanding of the addiction and how the brain works, mm -hmm. because I was viewing him as the boy that I raised yeah, and that he shouldn't be acting this way. This is not the way I raised him. And I know a lot of moms can, um, you know, they can identify with that because, because we, we, you know, heap that shame and that guilt on ourselves. Like, 
you know, we were talking about lies and where, where are we sabotaged at and uh, where did I go wrong? What mm. did we do? You know, uh, what did yeah, we do? So what were early on in Joshua's addiction, what were the, some of the lies that you believed? Do you remember? I know you're so healthy now. It's hard to look back, but yeah. Um, well, of course, you know, where did I go wrong? I'm praying, you know, train up a child in the way he should go and he will not depart from it. Um, but there's a journey there, but we want all of our kids to be healthy and for them to, um, you know, love God and go to church and check all the boxes, right? Because that's the way that we raise them. But when we have a child that is, um, you know, has a disability, or has a learning disability, you know, has something different than what a normal child would have, then we are stretched, right? And um, Joshua is the youngest of seven. And so I felt like at that time, okay, well, I've got six, six gone, here we go, we got to get this other one. And I'd already been through all of the, um, the seasons, I think of teenagers, you know, and all of that. Um, because they were all teenagers at one time, just different, different, different ages. times. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I was tired, yeah. you know, I, I was just tired. And so maybe I let some things slip and, you know, Satan was giving me these lies and um, he's really not doing drugs. That's oh. he, he's still working. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know how you, you've got, you know, one, an angel over here and like the, yeah. the devil over here. And it was like, it's a battle and my brain's in the middle, you yeah. know? And so I was trying to just brush it under the rug and say, it, it's not really a phase because he's in his twenties. Right. But he's made several different mistakes. And when I talk to him, he listens and I love you, mom. And I know you're right. And so he would give me oh. the, the right yeah. words, you know, okay. lip service, I guess is what we call so it. So then now. you'd start believing the angel on this shoulder, right? It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, but then in the back of my mind, I still, mm, something's not right. You know, he, he wants to sleep all day. He, you know, not really taking care of the baby, um, mm. you know, and then they'll want to eat all this candy and sugar and mm. come in with, with these expensive coffee drinks and, you know, but not want to eat the food that I've, you know, fixed. And so then the resentment started and, and all the, the money, all the money that we spent on them, you know, um, teeth, you know, all of that. So you do, you, you build up a resentment and um, um, yeah, it sounds like a little bit maybe that that one of the lies that you believed was well maybe since he was the baby he was the youngest I didn't um devote enough time to teaching him all the right things um which is a lie right because he was raised in this family where you know he was surrounded by your value system and your structure but this is what happens. I hear a lot too with moms is that, well, I shouldn't have divorced his father or I should have never married his father. And that's why he's like this because of all the trauma he suffered. And, right. you know, it's, it's okay to take ownership of, of whatever it is that we feel like we failed at, 
But at some point we have to forgive ourselves because these are adult children. Right. They are, they should be old enough to make their own decisions without us feeling guilty for that. Right, but where did that start, Michelle? I know that a lot of our moms, sometimes their addicted son or daughter didn't start until they were an adult. You know, maybe it was um, they got their wisdom teeth out in the, in the painkillers, you know, is what started it. Or maybe, um, you know, they were in junior high and they got exposed, you know, then. So I know everybody has, you know, different different ages for their addicted loved one. And, and one of the lies with, with us was Joshua played football, you know, in junior high and then starting in high school. And he was one of the main guys, you know, when you're a quarterback or running back or, and you're fast and you, you know, and everybody's looking at you and you've got the pressure on you. Yeah. And, you know, and as a mom, oh, look at my son, you know, all right. of that. But um, I believe that's when a lot of his pain started and Tylenol didn't work. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So then they put him on the other. Yeah. And then then it takes off from there. And then maybe some of the lies those moms believe. Well, we don't know what their lies are. But what I do know is that we take you through in this day. Um, so many, you feel loss of control or competence, insight, I can't control this or that. But then we talk about um, these lies and how you can turn them around and the steps that you need to take to go from havoc to hope. Um, so the first step is verbalize these eight new declarations about your identity and your resources. So that goes like this. I am in charge of my life. I am not confused. I know what to do and what to say. I am a good and capable mother. I am authentic. I have a vision for my future. I positively influence my addicted loved one. I have credibility and I have currency. And so we take you through these. Um, just to, to kind of keep saying them to yourself, because you are the one who is sabotaging yourself more than anybody, probably. Any mom listening, you are your own worst enemy. And you know what I'm talking about, right, Lucretia? Do, um, do you want to share something you wrote at the end of this day? Um, just to kind of give us this is day four. Yeah, to give moms a timestamp on where you were maybe earlier in your, um, in your journey and a part of your journey. Okay. Um, it's on page 53. Okay. I'll just read this and then comment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Um, my resentment and bitterness were growing day by day as I continued to add to the long list of where my money was going. I thought I was helping. Sure, he would wake up one day soon and get his life together. With a grandchild who must be cared for, I was willing to do just about anything to make that happen. Finally, I had a come to Jesus meeting and realized we had spent thousands on him. I actually did a, a tally of what mm. we had spent on him and his baby mama. Food, utilities, gas, car, insurance, daycare, clothes, doctors, medicine, and yes, we even let them move back home to help. 
Yeah. The realization helped me decide that I needed to change my responses to my son's request. I couldn't continue to let him hack my finances. And a lot of times with parents, finances, it's a big deal because you want to help, mm -hmm. you know, really enabling, but we want to help in so many ways. And we think, well, if I'll just pay his insurance this month, or if I'll uh, let them move back in for say four months so that they can get on their feet. Yeah. If they're doing drugs, if they have an addiction, they are not going to get on their feet. No, you're just making them uh, be comfortable while they're using. Yeah, right. you might as well buy their drugs or their alcohol for them because that, and I wish, I really wish that I would have put the brakes on before then. But, and I understand the pain that moms go through, grandmas that go through when there's children involved because they didn't ask for this, they didn't deserve this, and you want to save that child. Yeah, the victims. Oh, that is, that, that's where I was. Like, I, just like you, like these grandchildren and living in neglect, and you can see, yeah. you, you can see the anxiety in your grandchildren, at least in my case, because they were a little bit older than, than that baby. But, um, I mean, it just, you just worry all the time, at least, well, yeah, that was you worry about the future too, you know, and, yeah. and you start ruminating about that and the hopes and the dreams that you have for your child oh. and how smart they are and, you know, what they can do. And then you just see them ruining their life. Yeah. I mean, from the life. time they're infants in our yeah. arms, yeah. we're always thinking about Oh, they have their father's toes. I wonder if they're going to like his love for cars or if he's going to be a pilot like his uncle or, you know, we're already dreaming about what they're going to do and who they are and what so the relationship is like with God. Yeah. And I can say, you know, so here, but, but Lucretia, I never, I never dreamt that my son was going to be a truck driver. He's a truck driver right now. Mm -hmm. And you know what? he's a damn good truck driver and I'm yeah. proud of him. Right. Yeah. And so what's interesting is that we have these like grandiose ideas and dreams about our children, but they're on their own journey. And, and we have to be able to accept whatever that is, which is really, really hard when they just don't seem to measure up to what we I thought. didn't think Joshua would be a painter. Um, but he, he is painting houses and he wants to paint automobiles. He's always been a, a wonderful artist, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not surprised that he sort of has, well, God has led him in this direction, you know, right now, but he's 30. I don't right. know who he's going to be, what he's going to be when he's 40 or 50. No, you no, know, it's, it's a journey. I, and you yourself, I know we never thought that we would be here. Here. Today, oh, you know, um, yeah. I always wanted to, to coach and to minister to women. Uh, and as a life coach, I never imagined that I would be coaching moms of addicted loved ones. Right. Yeah. Well, so it's so good because uh, it's great that we can sit here on this side and bring anybody who's listening to this hope, because if you're if you're stuck in the havoc right now, um, just keep going through the days because you can. Um, get to where to where we are, where there's hope. Um, even if your addicted loved one uh, isn't in recovery yet, because uh, it's hard. 
because you have to kind of take the havoc and but then look for joy and we're hoping that you can find joy and have your meltdowns in the same day it's okay uh, yeah because we learned how to do that haven't we 10 minute yeah. pity party that's all you get 10 minutes, oh, wow. <laughs> 10 minutes. That's, well, that's one of the things i told myself okay oh really <laughs> Yeah. One minute, you would actually time yourself? Yeah, for 10 minutes, 10 minutes. That's all I, Ten that's minutes all you I allowed myself. Because if you continue to ruminate, if you continue to have that pity party, you're no good for you. You're no good for the rest of your family. You're just, you're yeah. hacked, you know? And yeah. your addiction becomes addicting over your loved one. Yeah. And just yeah, all it's, it's almost like we get this adrenaline Yes. rush every time there's a chaotic moment and that is proven to be an addiction like because your yeah, your brain lights up. yeah your brain lights up just like an addiction uh, because you're in that circle of drama you know and and so you're never really level and at peace and calm because you're waiting for that next phone call but what's interesting is sometimes and you've probably seen this in our private group is once a mom's son or daughter goes into recovery and they know they're safe and they're not on the streets and they're not in jail, they're being taken care of. The mom sits back and she's bored. She's lonesome. She's crying all the time because she doesn't have her fix. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have that thing to worry about um, or her addiction. She's missing, missing that adrenaline rush. And this might come in a light bulb moment, or it might not, you might not even realize that it's going on yet. So we're just saying, hey, take a look at your life. And if you feel like this, you know, find your adrenaline high in another way. And what might that be for you? Like mine's pickleball. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Lucretia's yeah. yeah. is um, self-care. Self-care, um, Bible studies. Yeah. And, uh, one thing that I would like to tell the moms that are listening, and I need to update this, but this is a timeline. Remember you asked me to, to do that timeline and I had been journaling. So maybe journaling should be a, um, a good thing for you moms to do. Uh, because we forget, you know, and stress makes us forget. So go back through your calendar. Um, I would suggest definitely having a calendar, going back through and journaling um, these dates, whether it's a court date or it's, a, you know, an adoption date or whatever it is, just so that you have some kind of a timeline there. You may be referring back to that for different reasons. Yeah, I know that I have referred back to it, but it also gives me hope because I can go back and see, oh my goodness, how God has brought us through all of that. But it'll also really good idea. It'll also really show you where you've been resilient because you'll be on this side of it and you'll look back and you'll be like, I went through all that. I right. got through all that. Wow. And Sometimes we only see the God winks in our life looking back. And by that, I mean the God winks like, oh, God was in this mix because this happened and that happened. But we can't really see it until we look um, from, you know, now right. into the past. Because time the, goes on. <laughs> yeah. In day, uh, in day four, there's a fourth step at the end. And it says list one counterattack tool that will help you. What will you commit to? And so by this, we mean, okay, you're being attacked, you're being sabotaged, 
by the devil or by whatever it is that's getting in the way of your health and um, recovery. So there's some suggestions here on things that you can do. What were some of the things that you did, Lucretia, to counterattack the devil on your shoulder? Well, I realized that there was a, a big codependency going on there. And we had given them a date to move out and they were not making any strides at all to, to move out. Um, and I realized I don't wanna live like this because I had been hacked, my business had been hacked and my family, the other children and, and other grandchildren. And um, I was ready to move on. Yeah. And so um, we, uh, we had to choose our hard you know, we talk about that choosing your yeah. heart because life is hard. And, um, you know, I had my husband to lean on and that was good because a lot of times I just could not. And I said, you got this, you got this phone call or you have to handle this because I'm yeah. too emotional. Um, and my, um, my body was being hacked by, I was having some uh, seizures mm. uh, just because of stress and all of that. And when that happened, I mean, I was literally hacked for several days. Um, you were so down anyway, for the count, yeah. yeah. So your health can be hacked as well. And uh, stress can just do so much. And I was just tired of being sad, mad, and I didn't want to live that way. And so, um, and I knew once we decided, okay, you're out. They didn't believe us. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have to leave today. No, no, not really. No. Yes. Yes. You have to leave today. If you do not make strides to leave today, then um, the cops will be on our doorstep again. And I was tired of the cops being on our doorstep like every other weekend. So um, I was ready to end it, ready to make yeah. some changes. And that's right. what started the whole. Yeah. Time, so. So you set, so you could, so your answer would be that you set loving boundaries and you stick to them, stuck to them. Um, one of the things that I did was I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Like I just became curious, like, what am I missing here? Why can't they stop doing that stuff? Right. And so I just got really curious and started reading. reading. And yeah, I did that too. Were you shocked when you, oh my, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Like, well, from that point of view, but I'm, I've always been like a problem solver. So I kept thinking, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, what can I do differently? And when I started reading certain books and certain things, I was like, whoa, I bet, I bet there's moms out there who don't know this. So I'm going to share. And that's when I started my podcast in the closet, you know, I'd sit in the closet and I'd share. Um, and it was very therapeutic though, for me to talk through it. Um, for, for somebody else, but it was also helping me. So that was just one way that I counterattacked all those things that were happening to me, um, because it was something I could control. And, right. and, and we can control us, but yeah, we can't well, live their lives and make their decisions. So our boundaries are very, very important. And I think one of my light bulb moments was, um, my husband was on the road for, you know, uh, three or four days at a time and then coming home. And so I had the brunt of it, you know, by myself, but, um, 
they they lose their phone or they break their phone or it gets stolen or yeah. whatever it is, you know. And so they were using my little iPad um, and through instant messenger, you know, on Facebook oh. and all that they can message and they can even call people. OK, and that was left on the couch and it was left open. And I just I went to the laundry room and I just glanced at it and I glanced at it a little bit closer, you know, and I'm going what what is this conversation about and I started seeing you know the thread with uh different people and some of the same people and um what are um can I come get a 20 or a 30 I'm going what What's what that? are you talking about you know so then I started researching what what is the lingo so moms and dads need to know the lingo of Ooh. the addiction world the drug world and all of that and then I re that really started the ball rolling and wow. I mean, it was in my face I couldn't deny it anymore yes this is what they're doing they're trying to cover it up they're trying to yeah do but their What's, reality is not ours you know what, do you remember what the 20 and 30 is what was that do you remember they're pills it's um, um oh okay so it was just a quantity they were referring to Right, oxys and yeah. Well, no, it's it's whether it's um, um, a ten, whether it's a one pill, or well, I guess so. It would be the quantity, you know, okay, uh, or the, the size of it, um, because a lot of times, you know, they are just wanting to get through the day, so they wake up in the morning, and that is their job, is to get it's their the score, right, and they will do whatever you know, to, to get that. And, you know, some of the conversation was like, well, I've only got a 10 on me, you know, uh, will you, wow. you know, can I just get this for today or whatever? Wow. And so that, yeah, that really, and, and confrontation is, I don't like it, but um, I've had to <laughs> do a lot of it. And, you know, there's a way to do that too. There's a way to talk to them. Um, but it just got to the point where, no, this is what you're doing. You're not going to yeah. do this in the house. So yeah, good, good, good. Wow. Yeah, I, I'll never forget the day Ryan said to me um, something about. I said something was was this person involved? Is he the one selling it? And he goes, No, he's just a bottom feeder. And in that moment, yeah, he's just a bottom feeder. Those four words, I thought, oh my goodness, he really, this is whole different lingo. This is a whole different, yeah. and, um, and they spoke this, they, yeah, they spoke to speak. Like they just knew, you know, um, all those, all those terminologies. So, well, I'm going to, I'm going to close for today, but moms, um, look at day four, go through the steps, journal, um, journaling is proven to really help you therapeutically um, get through anxiety or whatever it is that you're going through. So I just want to encourage you to do that and reach out and we'll be back with Lucretia again soon on another day. So thank you for tuning in. Any last words, Lucretia? <laughs> oh, I have a lot of words. <laughs> Good. Well, there's a lot more days because we're only there, on day There's four. a lot more days. There's a lot more. Um, there's hope. There's, you know, this havoc to hope. I just want to tell moms, um, of course, not to give up, but to not be unaware as well, to gain whatever knowledge. You know, uh, God tells us in uh, Proverbs to get wisdom. 
get it. Go out there and get that information so that you can um, wrap yourself in that knowledge of what you need so that not only you can set those boundaries um, for your addicted loved ones, but also set the boundaries for yourself because your self-care is very, very important. And one last thing is that we have found that our loved ones do not start changing until we do. So get a plan. Yeah, yep. get a plan. Set loving boundaries. Say what you mean, but don't say it mean. That's All right. right. God bless. Thank you.